0: Sammy Yasmin wrote, Beauty standards for women have always been nothing short of unrealistic and unachievable. Feminine beauty has been transformed into an industry designed to keep self-esteem low and profits high, and built catering to the white, cisgender, heterosexual, male gaze. White supremacy and sexism, particularly the intersection of these two ideas, are still prevalent in modern society, resulting in ideas of the beautiful woman that are consistently pedophilic and racist. Today, I'm revisiting a topic we've discussed before. We're going to talk about body hair and how modern hair removal is steeped in racism and white supremacy. Oh my. Are you ready? Welcome to a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. If you're new to Beauty Unlocked, I'm Carissa, host of this circus. Welcome, friends. If you've been a long-time listener, you know all about the shenanigans and utter fuckery that is Beauty Unlocked. (laughs) Are you ready? Welcome, friends. I'm Carissa, bringing you a brand new episode of Beauty Unlocked, the podcast. How's it going, my love buckets? My bucket's full of love. I hope you're well and that you started March on a high note, even though there's a lot of fuckery going on around the world. <laughs> oh, man. So before we get into the meat of this episode, which you're probably thinking, another hardcore episode, Carissa? Yes! But you see, the whole point of Beauty Unlocked is to make you think and question everything you believe regarding beauty standards, which includes your beliefs about the diet industry, the beauty industry, and the health and wellness industry. Because guess what, kids? All of these are steeped in vileness, oppression, discrimination, sexism, ageism, racism, and every negativism that lives out there. They reek of the patriarchy. And all of this has sprung forth from the ugliness that is white supremacy. Oh my. But I'll try to make it up to you in our bonus episode. I'll try to find something light, funny. I mean, try being the operative word. So as I was saying, before we get to the meat of the episode, I wanted to make a few announcements. First off, your beloved host is sick. And I think it's a mix of allergies as we're in the midst of like dust season here in Cyprus and the fact that the weather hasn't been consistent, much like my dating life. (laughs) So, so sorry for being out of breath and sounding a bit off. And I don't know, I'm feeling a bit dizzy. I'm not too sure. There's just a lot happening at this point. I think my body's like, bitch, I don't know what's, I don't know. And I'm like, I don't know either. I just, I don't know. (sighs) Anyway, Secondly, I'd like to mention that we're changing things up again, I know, again, on Beauty Unlocked. So instead of four to six episodes per month, depending on the month, because some months, anyway, it doesn't matter, but like, it's between four to six episodes. So I've decided to bring you three episodes per month, quality over quantity. That's the most important thing. And this is due to the fact that I want to bring a more visual aspect to Beauty Unlocked and be more consistent in recording videos for our YouTube channel. So bear with me again, as always, as I make these changes. So basically, like I said, three episodes, two regular episodes and a bonus episode per month. All right, that's, that's done. Let's get to this juicy episode. Let's get into the meat of this episode are you ready? So I'll be mentioning three articles all written last year, and they're in no particular order that I'll be mentioning them. But one of them is how the white patriarchy benefits from women hating their body hair. And this was written by Nikki Butler. Uh, The second one is shamed for body hair growing up. Desi women now challenging racist standards. And this was written by Sakshi Venkatraman. And the third one is The Racist and Pedophilic Roots of Western Beauty Standards. And this was written by Sammy Yasmin, and I used um, the intro of the article in the introduction to this episode. So here we go. In the first article, Nikki mentions how she first noticed her body hair, in particular her leg hair. So here we go. I had changed hurriedly in a cramped locker room with other girls. I brought deodorant and contributed to the cloud of perfume body spray after class. However, it wasn't until that very instant, as I looked at the ground, that I realized just how different I was. Under the navy blue rayon shorts, a thick dusting of hair coated my scrawny legs. I glanced around frantically. Every other girl had dolphin-smooth legs, yet mine were more like (laughs) Sasquatches. Jesus. Do you know, I feel you, Nikki, because it was the same for me. Mortified, I stood there, hoping no one would look down and see my repulsive and undeniably manly forest of peach fuzz. When I got home that day, I immediately begged my mom to aid in the deforestation of my deepest humiliation. She kindly gave me my first line of defense, a bottle of nair. Okay, has anyone else used nair? Because let me tell you, I, and watch watch Nair be like, C- cease and desist. The smell, I don't know if the smell has changed of Nair, but I will forever remember the smell of Nair. Like that, you could, oh my goodness. Whew, that smell. Anyway, the bathtub reeked of sulfur as I coated my shame in pink toxic waste. That was the last time I would ever use Nair. My next weapon of choice was a pink Venus razor. For the next 10 years, I would go on to use the bubblegum machete to thwack every stubborn tree that sprouted from the unruly terrain of my legs. Now that is some mental imagery. And you know what? I can relate, Nikki. I can so relate. In March of 2020, we all stopped leaving the house. And that's because we went into our first international lockdown. Nikki continues to say that she stopped shaving. She says, my goodness, how many S's in that, that this little self-challenge was an aimless form of entertainment. I derived out of boredom, but it became something much more. As my leg hair grew out, I started to think about the girl with pink-rimmed glasses and choppy bangs. Though I ditched those glasses, I felt the same embarrassment and humiliation she did 10 years ago. I developed a certain resentment toward the world that made her hate herself fueled by this anger and protectiveness of my younger self i began to search for the fault lines in the foundation that taught her what was beautiful and what was unkempt i hate the magazines the models the tv shows and the movies that said i was dirty for existing as i was made i hate big razor and the 2.5 billion dollar hair removal industry <clears throat> You hear that? $2.5 billion hair removal industry. Mm Mm-hmm. I hate the constant push to make women look like babies. Hmm. Smooth to the touch and easy to control. But most of all, I hate men. I hate men that get to strut around in their natural form, rewarded for doing nothing. Yes, except being mediocre. And applauded for existing without alteration. I started to envy them and their stupid luck. It took me months to finally be remotely comfortable as a woman out in public with unshaven legs. Every day that I leave this house in shorts is an act of courage that shakes me just a little bit. It's a psychological uphill battle, and a sociological one too. Society has weapons in the form of the words unprofessional, unclean, and unsexy. Should I say should I say that again? Let me repeat that again. Society has weapons in the form of the words unprofessional, unclean, and unsexy. The courage I need as a white woman to leave the house unshaven is nothing to that of a woman of color. The racist history of women of color being categorized as unkept and unruly because of the presence of body hair creates a steeper hill Let's get into the racist history, shall we? Here we go. During the 1800s, Western scientists became infatuated with the racial differences existing in hair type and growth. These researchers falsely claimed, among many other things, that noticeable physical differences between males and females were indicative of a more anthropologically developed race. They also believed that men were supposed to be hairy, while women were not. God damn it. These ideologies reaffirmed the Western belief of white superiority by implying that races where women had thick body hair were evolutionarily underdeveloped. Thick body hair on women became synonymous with deviance and uncleanliness. White women did not only want to distance themselves from women of color who had thick body hair, they also wanted to create a barrier between themselves and lower-class individuals who could not afford the expense of hair removal. Through the normalized removal of body hair, white women added bricks to the growing hegemonic structure of patriarchal oppression. This is one of many examples of white women oppressing women of color in order to sit slightly higher on the societal hierarchy, yet still below men. I'll let that sink in for a moment. This is where I want to go into Sammy Yasmin's article, The Racist and Pedophilic Roots of Western Beauty Standards. Now, I'm going to focus on the point Sammy makes regarding hair removal and... As always, I'll include the article or the articles, I should say, in the show notes, as well as the Facebook page so that you can read the article in its entirety. So Sammy writes that body hair removal is not a new practice. And we know this because I talked about, well, we know this, obviously, common sense, but also we talked about it on the show previously. But many are unaware of the sinister rise of hair removal as a worldwide industry in the late 19th and early 20th centuries even marked by an attempt to make it mandatory for women to remove their hair in the United States. And y'all were complaining about mandatory vaccination. (laughs) Ah, the fuckery. White men became increasingly concerned with controlling white women to ensure their pristine image of innocence and gentility remained intact. Not much has changed because white men still are increasingly concerned in controlling all women. But anyway, after 1859, Darwinism was instrumental to suggest that the savages, soon to be categorized into races, were, in fact, less involved than white people and animalistic. So, hairlessness soon signified racial superiority. From this bred the idea of devolution, explored in the strange case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and led to a rise in the study of eugenics. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Magazines began promoting white, hairless women, and even articles discussing the removal of evil racial markers through the process of x-ray epilation. However, thousands of women died undergoing these hair removal procedures. Now, staying with the topic of X-ray epilation, Rebecca M. Herzig, author of Plucked and professor of women and gender studies at Bates, says, I was more surprised to discover that even when X-ray hair removal was banned because the radiation was so harmful, many women continued to seek it out because the stigma of facial hair seemed worse than the threat of cancer. Those are among the discoveries that led Herzig, a historian of science, to write Plucked. So the book describes some of the dozens of methods Americans have used to try to remove body hair, from razors to harsh chemicals to lasers and even to genetic engineering. What is wrong with us? Due to the racialized concept of hair, soon freak shows and circuses featured bearded women who were sought out to be ridiculed and displayed as animalistic. Further to the racist motivation for female body hair removal also stems a desire to infantilize women and make them more girlish. You know, when you come across an article or a book or whatever, and it just puts so much into perspective about how fucked up our society is, and then you really start questioning your sanity and you're like, fuck, dude, no, seriously, what is up with us? What is up with us? Like, and then you really start saying, okay, they're still trying to pass bills and laws to control us, and we're pushing against them, and we're fighting for for things that you would think we would have a basic, just the basic right to exist. And we're still fucking fighting for this today. And I'm just like, wow, we're not, (sighs) oh my God, we have not come very far, my friends. I mean, I feel like we make strides, and then we take a thousand steps back. I don't get it. Anyway, I'm not going to go into it. Let's get into the next article. So the next article I want to quickly mention, I've taken excerpts um, from each of these articles. And like I said, I'm going to post them in the show notes and on the Facebook page so that you can read the articles in its entirety. But this one is Shamed for Body Hair Growing Up, Desi Women um, Now Challenging Racist Standards. And this was, uh, as I mentioned in the previously, written by Sakshi Venkatraman. For Desi women who grew up in mostly white schools, that story might be uncomfortably familiar. Young South Asians say their elementary and middle school years were characterized by a dominating feature. Hair. Everywhere. Bushy unibrows, thick leg hair, upper lip fuzz, and coarse locks made them feel othered and ugly. As conversations about beauty, self-love, and internalized racism come to the forefront, brown women are confronting what that did to them. White society set the standard that their body hair and face hair wasn't beautiful. And after years of promoting plucking, shaving, and threading, the beauty industry put bushy eyebrows back on trend. Exhausted by being beholden to a standard that disregards them, Desi women say they have no choice but to define beauty on their own terms. From age eleven, Sonali Krishna Kumar remembers being told she had man legs, hairy knees, a moustache and bad eyebrows. The insecurities crept up in middle school, so she stopped wearing crop tops, and she wore long pants even in the summer, and begged her mom to let her shave. Being hairy made her feel dirty, she said. She recalls once spending three painstaking hours yanking out her thick leg hairs with her mom's epilator. Now I'm like, why did I do that to myself? Why did I put myself through that? Said Krishna Kumar, who's 19. She has watched the standard of beauty evolve from the time she was a little girl. Back then, thin brows, straight hair, and a smooth, hairless body were in fashion. She didn't fit the mold. The root of her insecurity, she said, was looking to the white girls in her class, whom she considered beautiful, and wondering why she didn't look like them. South Asian women say the subtle comments and looks from peers growing up compounded what pop culture had ingrained into them, that they weren't beautiful. Sama Kular, 20, has never forgotten how biting some of the remarks were. I remember in middle school, in the changing rooms for P.E., girls would laugh about having dark underarms or dark hair, she said. You know, it's one of those things you're never conscious of until a white person points it out. Should I repeat her quote there? You know, it's one of those things you're never conscious of until a white person points it out. Hair removal experts say the sentiment holds true when you look at the history of U.S. beauty standards. Hairlessness, after it became common in the 20th century, was synonymous with purity and white femininity. In the late 19th century, when a wave of immigrants came to the U.S. from Southern and Eastern Europe, there was a parallel effort to medicalize and demonize excessive body hair. Immigrant women from those countries had different features and more body hair, and the modern beauty standard began to take shape as part of the anti-immigrant reaction. You can see new anxieties about personal hygiene, personal care, personal beauty, all getting tangled up with ideas about whiteness and race more broadly, Hersig said. Hersig, as we mentioned, is the professor and also the author of Plucked. Uh, how is whiteness going to be defined? How is it going to be maintained? Who is going to get the privileges associated with it? It's important to understand that it's part of a white supremacist system, that it's not just psychological, not just about women internalizing and being damaged from these harmful messages, she said. It's also that there's a whole legal, economic, and social structures supporting That's psychological harm. So what's the mental health toll? Feeling ugly, othered, and at the whim of white beauty standards takes a toll that can stick with you for a lifetime, said Yuki Yamazaki, a half-South Indian, half-Japanese psychotherapist specializing in Asian Americans and colorism. Within a white society, already being a South Asian is to feel other, she said. Either that's because of your name, the culture or religion you were raised in, the food that you eat. Body hair is just another. Feeling ostracized like that can be a trigger, Yamazaki said, and it can induce stress and anxiety in environments where you feel implicitly or overtly judged. Both U.S. and South Asian media can also contribute to those feelings. No one has to tell you that you're unattractive or ugly for you to feel like you're unattractive or ugly, she said. When you look on the TV, there's constantly things on how to remove body hair, how to shave, how to be smooth. Skin lightening stuff, too. The skin that you have and the stuff on top of it needs to be altered. When your ugly eyebrows become a profitable trend. Hersig places eyebrows in a category of their own. Eyebrow trends change with the wind, and eyebrows themselves are easy to alter. But as the early 2000s trend of razor-thin eyebrows—God, I had that trend—gave way to the fluffy, bushy brows of the 2010s, Desi women find themselves playing catch-up, they say. Kular said she was itching for the moment her mom would let her get her brows done in 8th grade. She wanted to fit in, so she got them threaded thin like the white girls at school. Literally, like probably a year and a half later, everyone's like, Taylor Hill's eyebrows are so beautiful and we should be moving on to the thick eyebrow trend, Kular said. They're capitalizing and profiting off of our features that they told us were ugly. Can I just repeat that? I know I've re- been repeating a lot, but seriously, these these quotes are gold. They're capitalizing and profiting off of our features that they told us We're ugly. Something that they're experts in doing, right? She wishes she could go back and tell her younger self to stop with the hair removal and just embrace her natural look. This is another golden quote. Listen up, kids. Whatever you feel insecure about right now is going to change when white people change their opinions on it. Whatever you feel insecure about right now is going to change when white people change their opinions on it. I feel like there should be a mic drop with that quote. Now I know you haven't read the three articles in in their entirety, and you will get the chance if you want to. They'll be in the show notes, and as I said on the Facebook page. Um, but when I read these three articles, they deeply resonated with my experience and how I felt about my body hair, and how I viewed body hair in general. I used to use words like disgusting, unhygienic, you know, gross, and whatnot. And it just goes to show how the after effects of colonialism is still felt. These beauty standards, like I said and mentioned so many times before, are deeply rooted in white supremacist beliefs. And they're so ingrained within each and every one of us. And it's so difficult sometimes to catch ourselves thinking a certain way, whether it be about ourselves you know, about our body type, our hair, whatever it might be, or someone else. And it's not impossible to stop ourselves because, listen, we're all works in progress, right? The thing is that we do have to check ourselves. We do have to check ourselves and the way we talk to ourselves and talk about other people and to other people. And it's difficult, but if we want to change and if we want to fight a lot of these outdated misogynistic sexist racist ideals and beliefs regarding beauty regarding bodies and everything we we do have to put the work in so one of the things i want to ask you and i'll ask again also in posts on instagram and facebook is what are your thoughts on body hair like, how old were you when you noticed your body hair and your leg hair? Was it in middle school? Was it during PE, uh, PE time when you were in the changing rooms? Like, what were your thoughts and your feelings about it, about your body hair? Did you compare yourself to your peers at school, to the people on TV and the magazines? What words come to mind? What words would you use to describe body hair? Not only on yourself, but on other people. I really want to know. Now, there were a few quotes that I had to repeat because they were golden. And I will put them <laughs> on Instagram and on Facebook because seriously, they just, they were so damn true. They were so damn true. But I'm going to leave you with this quote that um, I mentioned a while back by Jessica Defino where she says beauty standards are the gnarled and rotten roots of all that's wrong with the industry and perhaps the world. They are tools of oppression that reinforce sexism, racism, colorism, classism, ableism, ageism, and gender norms. They are built into our societies and embedded into our brains. They contribute to anxiety, depression, dysmorphia, eating disorders, self-harm, and low self-esteem. So I'm going to leave you with that. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Let me know in the comment sections everywhere across social media what you thought about this episode. You can always send me, of course, an email at beautyunlockedpodcast at gmail.com with all that being said i didn't go on a massive rant and rave i i I brought i my blood pressure did rise a few times let me just tell you because like i said these articles they resonated with me on a deep deep level (laughs) but i calmed my tatas down and um i didn't go on too much of a rant and rave but i do hope you enjoyed episode 61 i cannot believe it with all that being said, I hope you have a wonderful, safe weekend and remember to love each other, love yourselves, spread some of that sweet sweet love and you'll hear from me next week. Bye. Make it clap, clap, clap. Make it Make it tap, tap Make it tap, tap